Hi, and welcome to our Learn to Meditate audio series. We want you to know that we are very honoured that you are taking the time to listen to these classes. We know your time is precious, and we want to offer you our deepest gratitude and respect in presenting these classes to you. Class 12, Offering and Receiving Love It is impossible to feel unhappy when we are offering love, for real joy is a result of the flow of love. There is no more in nature a state, no closer to heaven. In fact, heaven's singular characteristic is the constant offering of love. To be sure, heaven wishes nothing more than to flow through each of us, empowering and inspiring us with the infinite spiritual force of the universe. We, with gratitude and determination, do our only work, which is to open our heart and allow this universal flow. This is the true nature of joy or bliss, and it is defined by the rate of the flow of love through us. The more we can open our hearts and offer love, the greater our joy. It's the simplest of truths. In this constant flow there is infinite joy, infinite love, and a simplicity of wisdom that in this world can sometimes seem a philosophical stretch, but while in heaven, common sense. The offering of love requires no beliefs, no magical technique. It is the simplest, most innate function of human life. It's the first and last thing we do as human beings entering and exiting the earth, and exiting and entering heaven. And it's the last thing we forget as we leave the spontaneous, unconditional love as an infant, twisting it into the emotional and physical degraded marketplace of romantic love in our teens and later. A major function of our conditioning seems to be to distance and romanticize love to one, or at best, a few unsatisfying glimpses of human love, so heaven becomes an age away. There is no other so desperate a condition in our world than human seeking love. Every problem on this earth arises from this malady. Even the most loving of families would need at least a thousandfold increase in their love, just within the family alone, to begin to grasp the dimensions of this loving flow. But that is not to say that it is difficult. It is not. It's very easy. For the universe, once open to it, powers effortlessly this flow. All we do is open ourselves to the natural, infinite flow of love, that arises from the inmost recesses of our heart. As simple and as impossible as a change of mind, offering love is the purest, most realistic expression of life that is possible. And it evolves with a practitioner. If we have forgotten our innate ability as a two-year-old, we can try even with condition and expectation. Even this base form of love will gradually, naturally, Evolve us, evolve us inevitably until we slowly expand the targets of our love to music or art or even sport. All expressions of love continue to evolve us until we gradually reduce the conditions and expectations of a particular result. Finally, at the highest, most spiritual form of love, we actually bridge the earthly and heavenly worlds. If it is that heaven is a state of consciousness, then this is the consciousness where we offer pure, unconditional love and goodwill to every human, every animal, plant, forest, ocean, sky or atom 
of every sort. When this offering is constant, so is our joy, so is our comprehension of heaven. Indeed, heaven is here, and it is now. Receiving love. As a student at high school, I remembered a time when I made it very difficult for myself in terms of the parameters of my sense of self. My overwhelming knowledge was that in this world that I understood, which by the way was the perfect understanding that only a teenager can have, there were very narrow schemas for my perfect life. It seemed that the career I chose was absolutely crucial. If I got it wrong, my whole life would be a disaster. Similarly, my partner was a component of this single opportunity for me to find happiness. Even the clothes or the car I drove were all critical components to the success of my life. Finally, my peers could make or break any of this with the acceptance or rejection of any of my choices. The rigidness of vision is exactly the opposite to what I believed I was doing. I perceived myself as the most open of minds, accepting of the widest of opinions, but the reality was I was constantly narrowing the places that I could receive fulfillment. I began to push and pull things and people into events and places to try and fulfill a vision that I had constructed egoically. The fragility of these constructs led to their ultimate demise as I was unable to convince myself of any of my choices with any real confidence. I am sure that all of you can look around at your friends or peers and see this narrowing, or notice it at some stage in your own life. It is bound up in expectations and conditions and ifs and whens. We lay blame on others or other things for our unhappiness. The simplest of truths, though, usually have the most profound wisdom. For me, there is nothing more simple than each of us must be loved. And it's not even that. We must be loved without condition. And again, we must love without condition for us to be truly satisfied. Don't each of you know someone that is enveloped by love? Some might even say spoiled. But still, that push person pushes away from that place of love to a narrower scheme of how he or she must receive love. They might crave acceptance by a particular peer group, or even love from a particular person or type of person. Have you seen in your own life people that have perceived themselves as givers all of their lives, but are unable to receive? Perhaps a person that reaches to alcohol or other drugs when all around him there are people that love him. This is critical. Lovability. Remember the simple truth that we must be loved, and we must also love without condition. Contemplate the opportunities you offer the universe to be loved. Have you narrowed your lovability to just a single person, or perhaps to a series of things you do or possess? If it's important for us to be loved, then it is essential that we open our opportunities to be loved and to be loved without condition. With this philosophy, we might think that the rock star or actor is so loved that they must therefore be very happy. But the reality is more often than not that the love that they receive is conditional, to be possessed or controlled, and so the love that they offer is similar, and since they can do neither, they are often more unloved than the less famous. Our goal is to expand our lovability to the entire universe. The truth is, we are all very spoilt children, in the loving embrace of the entire universe, and every atom is offering us love. While we narrow our lovability to a single person, thing or event, we look past 
the love that is flooding us at every moment. If you are lonely or lost, it's this awareness that you've lost. It's this intimacy that we crave. A simple task. All we have to do is increase our lovability. So let's use our common sense. On so many occasions, the outer world is a classroom, mirroring the wisdom of the inner worlds. When we look around in our world, who are the most lovable? Perhaps a little baby or child. And when we contemplate the baby's lovability, we would notice that it isn't so much the outer beauty that we might regard as the biggest consideration for lovability, but other qualities such as purity or innocence or simplicity or perhaps even helplessness. We might even judge a dog or cat as lovable. Do you see the same qualities? How might this relate to us? Do you notice also that when we interact with lovable people or animals, we let go of our egoic constructs, our barriers, and relate at their level? We might also notice that the most lovable are those that do not demand a particular love. They have not egoically erected a rigid, particular way that they are to be loved. They are open to be loved in any way we choose, and they certainly do not demand or expect to be loved. The helplessness of a child evokes a feeling of perfect faith that the child has for its parents, which is the fundamental building blocks of perfect love. This lack of rigidity is very important. We do not construct love. We do not own it. We simply allow its flow. Lovability is our ability to receive the divine in whichever it chooses to flow through us. To be very simple, the ultimate lovability is born from us offering love, beginning with ourselves. One who loves oneself does not allow his or her temple, the body, to be unkempt or dirty or even unhealthy. They would actively cherish the opportunities they have to offer wisdom to the intellect and divinity and to their emotions. One who loves oneself will see his or her soul as the window to the universe divine and their meditation as the viewing. Finally, let us enjoy love in all its dimensions. When our parents offer love, even though it's perhaps not in the way we want, let us receive it with gratitude and radiate our unconditional love back. When the sun rises or the birds sing or the wind blows or perhaps a raindrop hangs silently on a leaf, let us see all these as expressions of love and let us receive them with gratitude from our heavenly father and mother and radiate their love right back at them. Prepare for your meditation as usual. And for this exercise, you'll need a candle or a, or a campfire. I'd like for you to sit and gaze gently into the flames and imagine that you're looking back into a time before anything existed. Our universe began as a huge explosion. The birth of our universe was in fire. It allowed everything to start afresh.
It is therefore the most base component of life, and this very same awesome power is given to us. We can live in harmony with it, allowing its energy to keep us warm, to cook food, to mold plastics or fashion metals. Or again, it can destroy buildings, blow up cities, or even the earth itself. Its great asset is its speed. Its ability to clean the slate and start anew, to transform and rejuvenate. If we are not in harmony with it, it will burn us and trap us. The fires of hell inside us are our own anger and ag aggression. But these same fires can fuel our determination to change, to evolve and grow. So see that fire inside your heart. Feel it burning up your negativity your worries and anxieties. Purging you of all the negativity, the rubbish, the mental garbage that you allow to accumulate in your world. Burn it up, release it, let it go and allow it to fuel your determination to change. See the heaven inside you is being cluttered up and polluted by the rubbish and noise you have accumulated. Let this fire silently wipe all that and start afresh. Be determined now not to allow your old state of mind to return. The fires of heaven are your determination to purify your heart with peace and love and truth. Gaze into the flame and rejoice and realize that heaven is here now.